As many pro-lifers who have done public outreach have found, it's not just people living in low-income families or those in abusive relationships who experience challenging pregnancies. So what do you do when an upper-middle-class person is struggling with the idea of pregnancy? In today's episode, I'm joined by Lauren Laboda, who is a coordinator and a life coach specifically geared towards pregnant mothers. Tune in for more. Hi folks, my name is Cam. I am the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compelling and compassionate conversations about abortion so that together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. There's an initiative of CCBR, and I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Again, some of you may be new. I know there's many people who tuned in for the first time on last week's episode, which featured Laura Clausen from Choice for Two, um, as we talked about um, their most recently released video, The Procedure. For those of you who haven't seen it already, please check out First of all, Laura's video, The Procedure, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on Lure.tv, you can find it on a lot of other sources, social media and whatnot. It's surprising how long it has lasted on a lot of social media platforms. Um, Check out the video and then come check out um, the interview that I had the opportunity to do with Laura Clausen. It was really cool. And this is a little bit of a change of pace, but I think that it fits very naturally into an episode right after a conversation about the reality of what is happening during an abortion and what many people in the medical field face. As many people know, Laura Clausen and her organization Choice for Two, um, I, I think it's fair to say, is first and foremost a pregnancy support resource. And as I alluded to in the introduction, for many people, Pregnancy support doesn't necessarily mean that they can't afford diapers or prenatal vitamins. um, Pregnancy support for a lot of people doesn't mean necessarily getting them out of abusive relationships. Prenatal support and pregnancy support and parenting support often honestly just means having a good friend who can be with you through the different steps and stages of pregnancy. And in today's episode, I I talked with a a woman named Lauren Laboda, um, who herself is a life coach. Um, I know very little about life coaching. Um, I'm I'm sure that for many people in this audience, it might be a bit of a new idea because I I feel like for many of us in the pro-life movement, we have been so generously blessed with informal life coaches all around us, our parents, our family members, our members of our church community, members of our work community even. Um, I am I am so blessed and so fortunate for all of the help, all of the support that we have. Uh, when both of our children were born, we were showered with not only gifts, but also meals and support and phone calls and messages and everything, just checking in to see how we were doing, all that kind of thing. And, and so this this network of this umbrella of people who helped us navigate the first challenging weeks of pregnancy who continue to help us um, navigate parenting and all that kind of stuff it is absolutely phenomenal we have incredible um, role models in both my parents and my wife's parents Um, we have so many lovely lovely people that i work with um, who have been fantastic in in coming over and spending time and and spending time hanging out with our older daughter eleanor um so that she's not um completely forgotten or anything like that. I mean, that's obviously always a challenge um, for older children when they have uh, young siblings, um, trying to divide that um, attention, all that kind of thing. There's a lot that many people in the pro-life movement have been blessed 
to have in an informal capacity. And yet more and more, looking outside of our paradigm, looking outside of the experience that many of us have within the pro-life movement, we realize that for many people, at times, especially those growing up in upper middle class families, they don't have a lot of that. Not only do they have a limited number of siblings, if any siblings, I mean, the, the number of kids, even when I was in school, who were only children, um, well, was alarming, I think. And, and that's a trend that's only increasing. And so when you don't have older siblings who have kids or who have families that you can go to for support and advice, when your parents are distant, when your parents... Um, either are not interested in reliving their um, early parenthood experience or as, I, I don't even know if I can say unfortunately, as, as many parents are want to do, my parents do it as well. Um, there, there is some natural kind of rose-colored glasses or at times kind of, um, uh, apologies for the language, but crap-colored glasses that go on depending on how you experience parenting kind of thing, right? That, that my parents um, were, were very fortunate, very blessed. My in-laws were very fortunate and blessed through a lot of their parenting experiences. And so they often look back with rose-colored glasses at, you know, this was great and that was great. And, and it was just such a beautiful, wonderful time. And parenting is just all the joys of parenting. They get that parenting is hard, but, but it, in a lot of ways, um, parents may, or, or the grandparents of a new child, the parents of the new parents, um, may, may come across as a little bit out of touch or, or reluctant even at times um, to share their parenting wisdom because a lot has changed, right? I mean, from the time that I was a child to the time now, I mean, um, crib bumpers and whatnot were a huge thing when I was a kid. Um, and now they are the devil incarnate, basically, as as proclaimed by public health stuff. Co-sleeping was highly encouraged at the time when I was a kid, and now it's somewhat strongly discouraged. And, and there's so much information out there. There's a huge business niche for parenting support. Just trying to figure out what is and what isn't appropriate can be really challenging for a lot of parents. And so I think the idea of having a formal life coach, all of the moms are going through their website. I'm going to link to their website in the show notes below. Um, all of all of the parents who um, offer this life coaching are, are going through their website. I think the, the smallest family among them was like five or seven kids or something. And, and many of them, I it appears raised in Christian homes and that kind of thing. And so they're, they're able to offer a lot of wisdom that is foreign to a lot of people going through pregnancy for the first time, going through parenthood for the first time in their family, all that kind of thing. I mean, both my wife and I were the, the first kids in our families to have um, children of our own. And so we were kind of blazing a new trail there, but we had lots of friends that could help out and coworkers and that kind of thing. Suffice to say, I, I've been rambling. I apologize. We'll dive into the interview in just a moment here. Um, but suffice it to say, I think that there is a very, very interesting niche for a lot of people in our society for this idea of a formal life coach. I hope that none of us sneer at the idea. I hope that none of us um, put on our high and mighty kind of glasses and say like, this is why the West has been lost or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of problems in contemporary society. The, the idea of single child homes and, and all this kind of thing, there are inherent flaws, not only like pragmatically, but morally and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we can get into the problem that contraception and broken homes and, and this and that and the other thing have played in wreaking havoc on today's society. But I think the message that I want this episode to convey is the fact that for a lot of people, 
who may not have the quote-unquote traditional pregnancy support needs that, that many of us in the pro-life movement think about the diapers, the um, the cribs, the strollers, the, the financial, the resource needs, um, that there is a huge niche that is now being filled in more and more places around the world. This, this group that, um, that Lauren's involved with, he was only in the States. She was looking to expand not only to having uh, moms in Canada, but they do everything via Zoom. And so people can tune in from wherever they are in the world. I think it's a really cool um, initiative. And so I highly encourage you, if you stuck on through all of my rambling, please stick in through the, the conversation that I have here with Lauren Laboda, um, who is a life coach specifically geared towards pregnant and new parents. Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time to join the Pro-Life Guys podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Cam. Thanks for having me. Cool, cool. My pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out. You've got a really cool initiative that I, I'm really excited to dive into because crisis pregnancy support obviously is a core component of being effectively pro-life and changing minds, saving lives and transforming culture that it's great to have lots of great academic arguments and, and whatnot. But unless we can back a lot of that up with actual meaningful support for moms and dads to help them navigate whatever they're going through, um, that academic stuff is only so valuable. And so I, I was curious if you could just start us off with a little bit about your journey into the pro-life movement. Is this something that you've been involved with for a really long time? Is this something a little bit new on your radar? What What does your story look like? Yeah, so I've been pro-life pretty much my whole life, but I have to be honest, I haven't done any direct work really until the overruling of Roe. So just to mm. be completely honest, um, this is all new to me. So I'm learning a lot. Um, I feel like I'm like jumping in and just spending lots of time researching, <laughs> trying to figure out um, things I really had no idea about. Yeah, to say a little bit more, about being pro-life. My husband and I have eight kids, so we're open to life. We adopted. Um, we have seven biological kids. Um, we are practicing Catholics, and we follow the church's teaching on um, pro-life teachings. Um, I don't want to say that I didn't do anything in the movement. I mean, we would go to maybe a fundraiser, or if a crisis pregnancy needed something, we would give clothes and diapers um, but honestly, we just felt like to be completely fair and honest, we were like, well, it's the law, you can get an abortion. So what are we going to do? You know, if we know a woman who needs help, I guess we can help her, but we kind of were a little lackadaisical about it up until now. <laughs> gotcha. That's, that that's totally fair. And I feel like that's the story of a lot of people. I Scott Klusendorf, a, a great mentor of mine, often talks about the summoning into the pro-life movement, that that it's a call is put on our hearts and we we are drawn into the movement and, and different things motivate different people. That certainly having eight kids, I'm sure, has kept you fairly busy for the last little while. And it's amazing how the Dobbs decision has mobilized a, a ton of people as they realize that now they have a little bit more control over what happens in their state, in their area. Um, and and you're not the first one who has taken this as a catalyst towards accelerating um, involvement in the pro-life movement. And I'm sure that that's a somewhat similar story to the six ladies and one fellow that you work with through the crisis pregnancy support team that you've put together. And I was doing a little bit of reading. I'll, I'll drop the, the link to the website in the show notes here. 
This is a new initiative. This is something that was launched after the Dobbs decision. And just looking through the website, there there are seven beautiful moms with families. Yeah, there's a professional counselor who's part of the team. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of this organization. Are are you guys all friends already? And and this was just a very natural sort of thing. Was it something that you guys needed to network at conferences to try to find like-minded people? What is the genesis of your organization? Sure. So I went to my coach. So I'm a life coach and that's my business and I have a coach and uh, she also happens to be a Catholic, Catholic um, business coach and she works only with moms. And so I went to her because I had a business idea, really a nonprofit is a business, you know, different direction. Um, And she is open to prayer and the spirit. So I wanted to say, you know, God told me this. I have a business now. I want to do a nonprofit. I mean, how many people can you talk to that about? So she was the one and she actually <laughs> lives in Idaho. Everything she does is uh, through Zoom. And so I've never met her. I'm in Ohio and she has other coaches on her team that are in Idaho. And she said, you know, I've been doing this business for a while. I know quite a few pro-life coaches. Uh, you don't have to go and, you know, knock on your neighbor's door and get the women at your church and go to your preschool mom's group and just start training random people to be life coaches. That was my plan. Um, you know, I said, God told me to do this in church. I felt called. The Holy Spirit wants us to give these tools that we've been giving to moms one-on-one on Zoom to women in crisis pregnancy. You know, I'm in Ohio. You're in Idaho. We know that we're pretty pro-life states. Um, I know there's other states that are going to have, hopefully, a lot more pregnant women. And, you know, in our minds, it's like, everyone's pregnant now and they're all in crisis. I don't know. We were a little panicky um, in, in a good way. It was like, oh, great, you can't have an abortion. Wait, now what do we do? And she said, no, Lauren, you know, I know women who are pro-life that if we got a team, you wouldn't be asking too much. They would volunteer if you're only going to ask, you need a coach an hour a month. Um, so instead of you trying to train people, pay people, you know, it just take too much time and down the road can, we might do that. I mean, we would love to have so many women that need help that we don't have enough coaches. Uh, we're not there yet. So we have this team that my coach in Idaho and the other two coaches in Idaho, uh, friends of hers that she knows through life coaching that have had businesses for a while. They're in Tennessee and in Florida. And then also she knew some people in Ohio, Um, I had been working in my business with a licensed counselor. Um, He has his own company in Cleveland. And uh, we collaborate because I say, you know, sometimes people think they need coaching, but they need psychological help. And sometimes people think they need a psychologist, but they just need a life coach. So we work together and he's great because... Um, you know, he people hear life coach and they're like, oh, what's that? Is that a made up thing? Um, you know, isn't aren't a lot of things made up? I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> it is a legitimate field. You can be certified. We're all certified. Um, we've all been practicing the skill of coaching. But a lot of it is like common sense that you just don't find in the world anymore. And I feel like sometimes we have too many experts with too many degrees and we don't have enough grandmas just saying like, well, that's dumb. Like, why don't you just do the simple thing? So we're kind of like that grandma that doesn't exist, you know, in your in your guest room or your aunt because people don't live with their family anymore and people are disconnected. And so we use Zoom, which I guess is kind of part of our technologically advanced, like isolated world, but we use it in a good way, I think. 
um, because we're allowing women anywhere to just pick up their phone, their device, jump on their computer. They don't have to drive. They don't have to pay for something or to find us. Um, sorry, I really, I really went all into the whole thing there, but that, that's just to give you an idea of how it started. And we love having Luke as the counselor, because again, there's trauma, there's serious abuse. There's going to be things where people are going to need counseling. And we don't want to say that that's not a need, but we're coaches. And I do think that crisis pregnancy centers realize that people need counseling. And I think they probably offer it, but I don't, but as far as I know, I've talked to hundreds, they don't have life coaching. So we're really uh, unique and we're really grateful that God placed this call on our hearts. Um, we didn't know when we started businesses that we would do a nonprofit, but here we are. So that's our team. Here we are. Amen. And and praise God that, that he's been able to bring you guys together and start offering this really, really valuable service towards moms and dads who, like you said, often, I mean, so many of the people that I talk to, and I'm talking to people on street corners and on doorsteps, and for a lot of them, it's a theoretical kind of, if I became pregnant, I have no idea what I would do. I, I don't know how I would finish school. I don't know how I would keep my job. I don't know this. I don't know that. There's a lot of stuff that isn't really written in books, right? There's not a whole lot of like, just check out from the library or, or subscribe to a YouTube channel and they teach you how to live your life with children. And I feel like because of that, the idea of parenting is so daunting to so many of the people that I'm talking to, especially those at university and high school. And so to have somebody who they don't have to necessarily feel like they're going to the quote unquote shrink to, to figure out their lives, but just somebody who can come alongside them and be a companion and help them out with some of the the real life lessons that maybe they haven't picked up from their parents or from their, their extended family, whatever it may be. And maybe, maybe dive a little bit into what those lessons might be. I know that you offer a 12 week free course that we'll dive into in just a moment, but what kind of lessons do you find are the most pertinent to for these moms um, to help them thrive in parenting? That this isn't, doesn't always have to be a, a massive cross that they bear for the next rest of their life kind of thing, but rather a, a beautiful um, kind of opportunity that they have that, that may be very different than what they envision their life to be. And yet, mm -hmm. how do you make parenting manageable and how do you help coach somebody through um, those areas? What are, what are the main areas that you're focusing on, I guess? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I'm happy to talk about the topics of the course. Is that the question? I can do that. Um, so it's 12 weeks. And I chose six topics because, well, whether you're a mom or not, you know, and, or a dad, you know how life is. You're going to miss something. And I didn't want any woman to feel, oh, I missed week two, so just uh, forget it. I'm not going back. And, and these topics, like I said, going back to the idea that life coaching is kind of common sense, cool, kind of like basic things about family that we've lost because we're in a culture of death, you know, a culture that says don't have kids, kids ruin your life. So we don't even know, you know, we have the smartest people. I meet people every day who I, I can't even tell you what they do. They try to explain it to me. It goes way over my head. And then they're like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You have so many kids. And I'm like, didn't you just say you're a brain surgeon? So, you know, it's like, we know so much and we know so little. And, um, so going back to that, like we're talking about common sense here, but we, we do, do we do life coaching the same that we do for any other woman. So all of us work with women. Luke works with men and women, but all of us work with women as life coaches. And in life coaching, it's mindset management. So a, a coach can coach on any topic, right? Fitness, health, wellness, but we do life coaching. And so we're going to talk about with moms, 
motherhood, parenting, you know, if they're married, marriage, but really it's mindset tools. So it's, you know, how to think about your thinking. And I know I say that it's pretty simple and common sense, but it's not always, right? I mean, we do go into cognitive behavioral therapy and that is, does take some kind of advanced understanding of psychology and, um, you know, a neuroscientist have learned that our thoughts create our feelings and then our feelings are inevitably going to cause our actions. You know, very few people can have a feeling and not act on it. So uh, we think often that it's circumstance that's making me feel this way or act this way, or, you know, it's just the baby crying, or it's just the fact that I don't have this money for this baby, or it's the fact that I'm in college and I'm quote unquote too young, or I already have too many kids. Um, No, it's actually not. It's what you're thinking about it, right? One woman is over here thinking, I can't believe I'm pregnant. Another woman's over here crying. It's been 10 years. Why can't I get pregnant? Right. It's the thought that creates the feeling. Um, And so you don't think out of trauma. You don't coach yourself out of trauma. So we don't necessarily talk about trauma. Of course, if it comes up, we have Luke, there's the counselor, but um, most things in life, you know, aren't really trauma related. And we think it's this big thing. We have to dive into our psychological past and our childhood. And I'm not going to ever say, you know, learning about your child or going to a therapist isn't good. I don't want Luke to hear me say that uh, on, on, on air, (laughs) but you know, it, Sometimes it's just the little, the little things, you know, the way a coworker said something, um, the way you feel supported in society as a mom, um, what your friends are saying about your pregnancy, um, maybe how your boyfriend is talking to you and it's the way you're thinking about it. So to be more specific, I went, I started off by saying I chose six topics. I didn't want women to feel like if, um, they missed one like, oh, you know, I had an appointment for the baby or I have other kids. I didn't have daycare. Um, I'm just not going to come back. We wanted them to feel really encouraged to keep coming. So we spent two weeks going over one topic. So the first one is just calming down, really, because we find that in um, Students for Life that we are now partnering with, they listed us as a national resource and their Standing With You website. The Standing With You website's amazing for, for resources standingwithyou.com. And we're there, which I'm so grateful for as a national resource. And uh, what they told me when they heard about us was they really love our approach because instead of saying, you're pregnant, what's your choice? We actually spend 12 weeks and we don't even talk about choices, plans till week 11 and 12. So the first thing we do is stress management. The four trauma responses, like when you're anxious, do you do fight or flight? And then there's fawn or freeze. So do you tend to go to one of those four and why? Um, And then how to just regulate your emotions, how to feel your emotions. So it is a little like psychobabble. I like to joke. But, you know, that's important, you know, learning your emotions. And sometimes we say we talk too much about that. You know, we are really into like how you feel. But I would argue we're still not really good at it. Like the pendulum can always swing too far another way. So it's like, everything is about feelings. No, life coaching never says that. Everything is about reality. And are you thinking things that are true? And yet we do have feelings and our feelings affect our behaviors. So I think it's a really good balance. It's not all, who cares about your feelings? You need, you can't murder a baby, you know, just have the baby. But it's also not, well, what do you feel? Just do whatever you feel. No, we're not saying that, but we do process feelings. So that's week one and week two. 
Then we move on week, week three and week four is just self-confidence. It's so much, um, I'm not confident. And like, I went back to that brain surgeon, you know, people are like not confident having kids. I'm like, people have been having kids since the beginning of time. Like, how do you think you're here? Your, your mom had you like, I don't care who you are. And people think, oh, it's because they're poor or they're like teenagers. I'm like, no, nobody's confident. I'm not even, I had eight kids. I'm still not confident. Why did I have these kids? So, um, confidence is a huge one. And then we, we dive a little deeper the next week, week four into self-worth. Cause really it's like, why are you even confident? Well, cause really, you know, your worth comes from God. So far, the women that have come to us are religious and Christian. They're fine with us talking about the Bible. Of course, if someone comes to us that is not open to that, we, you don't need to do anything with religion and life coaching, but it's really hard us all being faith-based to not say something religious. So, so far it's been fine with our clients with the moms that are pregnant. Um, from there, we go on to forgiveness. That seems to just be a huge one. Do you forgive yourself? Do you forgive? And, and obviously there's going to be people that don't support them, probably the dad, sorry. Um, so forgiveness. And then um, we move on to negative thoughts. And that's kind of the crux of life coaching. But we don't want to start the first week saying, we're going to talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and how your negative thoughts create your negative feelings. That creates negative results. But that's what we get at because we want her to actually be able to coach herself. And then in the postpartum phase, you know, we'd love to have a 12-week postpartum course, but we're not there yet. But we'd love her to be able to coach herself like, oh, wait, these women taught me. These are my negative thoughts. And so just we talk about those 10 cognitive distortions, which I'm sure listeners have heard, you know, do you have black and white thinking? Are you a catastrophic thinker? We all do these, right? Um, do you make things personal that aren't? I mean, come on, we all do these. So those are great. Any, any life coach can help you with that. You don't have to, sorry, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars and have a therapist tell you about that. You can Google those. Those are 10 cognitive distortions. Um, and then 11 and 12, did I jump ahead? Did I miss a week? But I, I don't think I did. We, we Then we do... Um, making plans and making decisions. And with that, we offer an adoption coach. She's not on our team. She doesn't want people to feel in any way coerced to give their baby up for adoption. But if anyone were to say, I want to put my baby up for adoption, she helps people adopt and that's her business, but she offers again, everything is free. She offers coaching for free. And really it's not coaching. She'll come on and just say, here's how adoption works. So week 11 and 12 is making plans and making decisions. And so this, the students for life uh, coordinator said, I love how you spend 12 weeks giving them all these tools and then it's making decision. And I said, oh yeah, that really wasn't what we planned it, but thanks for pointing that out. So I like to tell people that people who've been in the pro-life movement for a long time liked that concept. So that's how the class works. That's fantastic. And and that's so cool that you're able to build up this, um, not only um, knowledge base, but also just relational capital with all of the people going through this program. So that when you start talking about plans and decisions and that sort of thing, they're coming from a place of relational confidence and and whether they've been engaging with tons of questions and, and discussion through the whole 12-week program, or whether they've been kind of sitting in the background a little bit more anonymously, that gives them the opportunity to know that you have their best interest at heart. This isn't just a matter of, like you said, trying to coerce them necessarily um, in one direction or another, but demonstrating that not only is parenting manageable, not only is their support available, but that there are genuine people like yourself and the other coaches who can help them navigate that so that the decision that, they, that they're able to make is a life-affirming one. You've built that out of relationship and, and not mm -hmm. just like 
day one. Okay, who's thinking of having an abortion? You're in you're in one one room. All the pro life people are in the other room. We're just gonna give you the drill sergeant day one and and um, help you make your plans for you. I, I love the way that yeah, it's couched in relationship, couched in uh, a runway of support, and not just like sprung upon them in in episode one. So that that makes a ton of sense. And I'm curious, what has the response been? From the participants, you you only launched in August, so I'm I'm sure that you don't have a massive pool of of moms who have participated through this 12 week program. But um, what what has it been like? What what has the feedback been like from the moms who have been a part of it so far? Yeah, so so far they say it's been life changing because they never knew that the feelings they were having were causing them the stress they have. They never knew they had control. That now they feel like they've taken back control of their lives that, you know, I'm not powerless. You know, I can choose how I think. I can examine my thoughts and thinking about their thinking wasn't really a thing, you know, it wasn't a term in their vocabulary. Now it is. Um, Or one coach is really good at saying, even though, you know, you can change your thoughts, your thoughts are also like, okay, we don't have to like super judge them. Like, I don't want this baby some days or like, I don't feel good some days. Like that doesn't mean you're going to be a bad mom. The baby isn't like feeling you necessarily having one doubt, you know? Now, of course, if your thought is leaving you to hurt your baby or yourself in any way, that's horrible. But just, yeah, you know, a lot of normal people, I want to say, like mentally healthy for the most part, kind of like a baseline mental health, even maybe just financially and emotionally okay, maybe have some family support, still are vulnerable to abortion. And, you know, we have a different lens, maybe those of us in Idaho, I said, Florida, we're in Ohio, but I would hope women from New York come and, you know, it's a different story. Like United States is just very divided, as you know. And, you know, California, it's like, okay, well, I kind of have my choice up till like the end. It's like, oh my God, I can't even go think of that. But, you know, it's just to say, um, women have said, oh, I really appreciate it. Like I said, my this one coach is good at saying, you know, even though she was married before she got pregnant, she just got pregnant really easy, had six babies in a row. And she said, sometimes I was like, oh, really sick, but it's okay um, to admit something's hard or to not really love it. It doesn't make you a bad person. And so the fact that they've lifted the mom guilt off, it's like, it takes, we say in coaching, this is coach speak, but we say it takes time. It gives you your time back. We don't realize when we're in that negative thought pattern, how much time we're spending. Cause we're like, Oh, this is just life. My brain has always said these things. And then, you know, I lay down in bed for hours thinking about it, or I go sit over here and cry or I still go to work. I still drive. I still talk to my friends, but in the back of my mind, it's like weighing me down. And then when you have those thoughts all of a sudden dissipate, you're like, whoa, like I have this time in the day that I'm not just like ruminating about this. So their lives have changed. So, you know, of course your mental health affects your physical health. They feel better physically. Um, One mom just had her baby October 16th, Um, healthy baby boy and mom's doing well. Yeah. And um, she said it, it's just so great not only like recognizing her emotions, but what to do with them. Cause people, she said to us, people say a lot about like, Oh, feel your emotions. She's like, I don't know what that even means. You know? So the fact that we're willing to walk with her through that, we talk a lot about how you process it. So you don't avoid, but you also don't indulge. That's a big other coach speak is we don't indulge emotions. Right. And um, I'm going to be a little specific here to women, women, we know we tend um 
to maybe ruminate more, spiral down more. And that's where we get the feelings of overwhelm, out of control. Um, I talked to a men's group last night at church and I was like, you know, before I even say what my charity does, I want to tell you like why life coaching? Because, you know, you might think I'm here for diapers or formula or, you know, money just to give to a mom to go through a scholarship. And I'm, I'm asking you for money because I want to coach these moms and I want to make this, a, a, you know, a working nonprofit. But you're probably like, what's life coaching, Lauren? And I said, so essentially I pay someone to help me figure out what my husband's been telling me for 15 years. <laughs> they all laugh. It's like my husband would say, oh, I just doesn't have to be angry. Or like, oh yeah, this guy said that. What a jerk. And then falls asleep. I would be up for hours. Why did he say that? Why did I do that? What did I do? Was it how I looked at him? Should I text him? You know, like choose not to be angry. What? How does that? You know, he didn't have the tools because he's a man and he couldn't give me his man brain. Like I have a woman brain and the woman in coaching can like say, you know, you don't have to think that way. And, and, you know, men and women are different. So I think, um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I know we've helped women just totally change their brains and change their minds. So that's what they've told us. <laughs> that that is that is phenomenal, and and I I can only imagine that, that that's going to continue as you coach more and more moms through what they're going through. And I I'm curious just before we get into kind of the the future of Christ Pregnancy Support of. Uh, just so I understand a little bit better, during the 12-week course, um, it's kind of a one-on-one um, -on -one relationship with an instructor. Is it a group that are kind of interacting together? How much, um, uh, what, what is kind of the setup of these courses? Is it a lot of peer-to-peer? -peer? Is it just you and the life coach? What, what does the setup look like? Thank you. That's such an important question. I always forget, like in my mind, you you know what I'm talking about. People are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Lauren. So thank you for asking. Yeah, to clarify, it's group. So it's all group. It's always the whole group. Mm. Um, we're so grateful that some people have donated. So we were able to pay for the webinar subscription because people think like Zoom is free. I guess it is up to 40 minutes, but we want a whole hour and we also want a webinar. And you probably know webinar. Unfortunately, we've all yeah. had to do Zoom. Uh, it just means that the coach is there, the coach's video and audio is there. And mom um, is not shown to anyone. So if mom wants to, she raises her hand, mm. you push the raise the hand button, her audio can come up. If she wants to, she turns on her camera. And women have chosen to do that. And then they get live coaching. So that's really good. I mean, we do that in our business because, you know, you can say to someone, can you talk about self-esteem? And they talk in generalities. But when you raise your hand, you get up and you're like, mm. look. My boyfriend says, I suck at this and, you know, my parents and this is how I feel and what do you, what can you do for me? And then we like can ask questions, right? And then they give it. So it's better, obviously, if they do that, but they don't all want to do that. And so we offer the anonymity, you know, they can be anonymous. What also I love about Zoom is they have the chat option. So, and that's not necessarily like, I don't want my video on. I mean, sometimes people don't like want to show you how they look with their messy bun and no makeup on. But a lot of it's like they're driving, they're working out, they're multitasking. You know, we're all busy. So you can be yeah. cooking dinner with your earbuds in and just you chat your question. Like, please tell me, mm -hmm. one woman some, once chatted, is it normal for people to constantly ask, like, how you're feeling or, you know, if you're excited? And then she had all this, like, guilt around it. And we just said, like, oh, yeah, people ask me that every day. But she was like, do they know it's a crisis pregnancy? Do they know I'm single? Do they know? Can they read my mind, like, in the grocery store that I don't want this baby? And we're like, no, you know, but she just needed to chat that question. And we spent 45 minutes 
assuring her. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "Woo, I'm normal. You know, um, so it's great to have that set up. It's group. So it's group. Um, and, and we, so I had said we have a team and they offer free coaching. So we make it so that um, our coaches aren't, you know, burning themselves out by giving all this free time. They just are there like once a month because there's eight of us. Um, and then sometimes we tag team, you know, if someone can't do it. Um, I'm there since I'm the one like started the nonprofit directing it, coordinating it. I'm there every time to start with prayer. Um, cause so far the women have told us that's what they want and introduce the coach and just like to help with the chat and to like, kind of wrap it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the format. Did that answer the question? That, that absolutely answers the question. And I think that's so beautiful that they have not only the life coach, the, the original information kind of thing, but to have that camaraderie going through this, that it's not a matter of like, Lauren, I'm a complete weirdo. And you're going to have to convince me like one-on-one that I'm not a weirdo, but to have <laughs> other people asking similar questions of like, hey, I was going through that exact same thing. Or, or like, I'd love to get that answer as well, because I've experienced that too, to have that camaraderie, to have that companionship in this. I'm sure that's really beautiful. And even if, like I said, if, if people aren't commenting and, and they're floating a little bit more, I'm sure that gives them a lot more assurance as well, that they're not the only one in this situation. They're, they're just like a ton of other people. And so that, that's fantastic. And so I guess kind of the, the last major question on my end, and, and I'm sure that there's more that I should be asking, what does the next step look like? for Christ pregnancy mm-hmm. support? Is it a matter of getting more moms, more counselors, more life coaches? How do we connect more parents with the the resources that you guys have to offer and the support that you have to offer? Yeah, that's really, Kim, our biggest hurdle. And we're just not sure really how to market. Um, I did hear this last mm. night in this men's group. I was talking there, Knights of Columbus, and they work with a crisis pregnancy center. And they said, actually, we have a ton of resources. We can't find the moms. So I was hoping Students mm. for Life would be a good connection with the college campuses, the younger women. Um, we are looking into putting ads in like an international group, a national group like Harpy International, where all the crisis pregnancy centers will, you know, their affiliates will see it. Um, Save the Storks, I've been meeting with them and they really like our model. Some of the women who work for Save the Storks are life coaches, so they understood how it works. So they've been sharing it with our affiliates. Quite honestly, I mean, I'll just, I'm, I'm not one to like, Exactly. But I, I don't know. I just tell it like it is. I started this in July. And what I would do is I would Google um, my state, Christ Prince Centers, and just start emailing people. And the next day I'd go to the next state. So like I've emailed Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I just kind of do. <laughs> and, you know, I know that's not the best way because I'm probably going to spam and people are like, who's this lady? And, you know, our crisis pregnancy resource centers are great places and they love their clients and they guard their clients, protect their clients. So um, they're all good in vetting me. So that's great. um, But that just takes time. You know, they're like, okay, who are you? What are you doing? Um, But the good thing about the webinar setup, and we've asked permission from the moms, is that a crisis pregnancy volunteer, crisis pregnancy director uh, that work at the resource centers, can be on the Zoom. Um, they've asked, they haven't actually taken me up on it, but the women have said it's okay because they know we're a pilot program this first 12 weeks. Um, I hope moving forward, like other people can be in on it. Um, I have reached out to other national groups and, you know, they're 
models, their missions are a little different. So we don't always get to collaborate, but I'm trying to reach out to national groups because again, if I stay local in Cleveland, Ohio, I'm not serving all the people I can. It's, it's all on zoom. It's all online, you know? So, um, as long as the woman knows we're Eastern standard time, I mean, she could live anywhere in the world right now. We only have English speaking coaches. I've asked if we have Spanish, I do speak Spanish, but I don't know if I feel comfortable enough to coach someone in it. So our biggest hurdle is getting more moms. We only have a few and, um, we just don't know how to do that. So that, that is very fair. And I feel like I, I hope that this kind of an opportunity and connecting with groups that are out on street corners and on doorsteps, I, I think of moms that I have been able to to connect with while doing our general outreach and say like, oh, you're in this situation right now. How well supported do you feel that you are? How are you doing? How are the people in your life? What what kind of pushes and pulls do you are you experiencing? And generally, we're connecting them with the local pregnancy care center. But obviously, there's a bit of a a niche area in that a pregnancy care center might be more equipped, yeah, to, to uh, help them out with um, prenatal vitamins and diapers and and government support programs and, and low-income housing. But that that's and, – and I don't want to reduce pregnancy care centers to throwing money at problems because I know that many of them run very cool um, and very, very helpful programs for moms before the babies are born and after the babies are born. But if this was a, a coalition of – where are you at? Many of the moms that I've talked to have said, like, I've got all the stuff. I'm just terrified. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's a perfect niche to be able to connect them with a, a group like yours, where it's not a matter of figuring out where their next meal is coming from or or how they're going to pay rent, but rather like, what does being a parent mean? Because my parents are, are detached or, or my parents passed away or I'm not connected for whatever reason. Um, I, I think that's a beautiful opportunity. And so both working with groups like um, Students for Life America, but other groups like um, Credit Equal, Equal Rights Institute, um, Stand for Reason, groups like that, I, I hope that through this podcast, we can even get a few people thinking about how do we bridge the gap with the individuals that we're interacting with, generally speaking, in our what, what we would often consider our educational work, proactively engaging people who most of the time are not pregnant at the time, but if we can plant those seeds that there is support and help available, whether that's material support or that's life support, whether that's, and, and life support, obviously in the, in the, like how you live your life, not, not necessarily the, the jaws of life or, or anything like that. But I, I think that's super, super cool. And so I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled with, with the fact that this is launching. I think this is an absolutely vital ministry to be launching, particularly after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, as we're, Lord willing, going to see more and more moms choosing life for their children, that when they find themselves in, you know what, I, I'm committed to this, or, or I'm still making up my mind, I, I just want somebody who can be there with me, that we can direct them in your direction, and and that your team can can help them through that. So that's really, really cool. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Is there anything else that, that I, I should be asking you about that I haven't, that you want to share with the audience? No, I mean, what you said, it, it, I just want to reiterate because you said it so perfectly. I mean, we really want to just collaborate. We want to partner with pregnancy resource centers because what we see is there's absolutely no competition because we tell our moms, we have nothing for you physical. Like we have no diapers. I'm sure someone might want to give them to me, but we will find whatever, wherever you live, obviously we're on Zoom. They can live anywhere we'll find your pregnancy resource center and they have everything for you. 
I also like to say, and I'm just going to put it out there again, even though I went over the topics, we're not a parenting class. So a lot of times they'll say, oh, we have parenting class. It's like, no, 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 we're not that. And then they'll say, oh, you know, we have counseling. We're really not counseling either. So we actually, as far as I know, have something that I don't know any pregnancy resource center has, but they have everything we don't. And so it's really perfect because they might want to go somewhere to find some onesies or find some toys, or they might want to go get a hug from someone. And we can't offer that. Um, And as far as I know, they're not offering life coaching. So it's a great partnership. It's just a matter of getting the word out there. So thank you so much. I know this is huge. My pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to join us. And I I wish you and the team at Christ Pregnancy Support all the best. I hope that there are um, streams of moms flowing your direction. I hope that we can be a a small part of of directing people in in that direction to get the life support, uh, the, the life coaching and help that they need. So thanks a ton for taking the time to join me today. Thank you. All right, folks, that was my conversation with Lauren Laboda. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you appreciated it as much as me. Um, as I mentioned off the top, this is a, a very new kind of idea for me. And maybe it is for you as well. Maybe the idea of just being generally overwhelmed by the idea of parenting, maybe that's something that's foreign to us. Maybe we've um, had a ton of people in our churches, in our communities, in our neighborhoods who are parents. Maybe the idea of not having parental role models is somewhat foreign to us. But in a culture of broken homes and a culture of small families and a culture that has done away with the the traditional passing on of parenting skills, it's young moms and young dads who are left in the wake that it's not their fault that their parents haven't taught them uh, more about parenting. It's not really their fault that their parents didn't have more children. It's not really their fault that they weren't raised in the church. It's not really their fault that they don't know an awful lot about parenting. They have a lot of questions that maybe people like you and I would would be surprised that that's a, a legitimate question they might be asking. And yet, our paradigm is entirely different than so many other people um, that we're encountering while we're doing pro-life outreach. And so I hope that we can take this message to heart. And I hope that when we're having conversations about abortion, because again, that's what this whole show is about. I know that we've departed from a lot of the traditional apologetics episodes. We're going to get back into a few of those in the coming weeks here. Don't worry. Um, I hope that conversations like this can help improve and and enhance the conversations that we're having with a greater knowledge of what is available. So that when you're at a high school in an upper middle class neighborhood, when you're talking to somebody on a street corner on a doorstep who is very clearly not in financial need per se, who is very clearly in a, a stable relationship, stable situation in their life, and yet entirely overwhelmed and anxious and daunted by the idea of pregnancy, we can have this resource floating around in the back of our minds as well, that we can roll out as is appropriate, that there are people who are very willing and very capable of supporting people in an anonymous capacity, how they can navigate whatever it is that they're going through. Don't know how to fold a diaper? They can help you. Don't know how to... um, Decide what kind of clothing to get. Is it buttons or snaps or zippers? For the record, always do zippers. If you're buying gifts for um, friends or family members or anybody else or even for your own children, word from somebody who has done up and down a ton of, of jammies and cotton onesies and all that kind of thing, if in doubt, get zippers. Yes, you have to be a little bit more careful that you don't like zip it up a million miles an hour and, and chop their their little... Um, a neck um, and and nick them there, but all else being equal, 
Um, zippers are incredibly convenient. Things like that, that a lot of people don't know. Um, what what do you do? Well, do? Do kids actually need shoes? Do, do infants need shoes? Again, spoiler alert, they don't. Yes, they can look very cute. But um, at the end of the day, if they can't walk, they don't need shoes unless it's to keep them warm. And if that's the case, then like an extra couple pairs of socks or or some big fluffy slippers are enough. Anyhow, this is not, I, I'm not a life coach. I'm sure that some of this um, information is actually flawed. Um, Lauren and her crew that work with her in Coaching Moms are going to know this a million times better than I do. Um, However, I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Thanks a ton for tuning in. And thank you a ton for getting us so close to 100,000 downloads. This is so cool. When Peter and I launched this show just over, when did we launch it? Um, just almost two years ago, I want to say. Um, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, just over two years ago. Sorry, this is episode like 119 or 120 or something like that. And so just over two years ago, um, we had no idea that we would grow this big 100,000 downloads. We are very, very consistently because of wonderful supporters and faithful listeners like you, very consistently in the top 20 of how-to podcasts in all of Canada. At times, we've even reached that mark in America and other countries around the world. And so it's so, so cool. Such a blessing to have you along for the ride. Thank you a ton. And... Um, don't hesitate to share the episodes around. And as I mentioned off the top again, um, please do check out last week's episode if you haven't already on the procedure and my interview with Laura Kloss. And last thing that I'm going to give a shout out because we're getting close to the season of giving, um, Christmas and, and Giving Tuesday and all that kind of stuff. Um, please don't forget um, the pro-life guys in your um, support this year. We've had a ton of incredible and faithful Patreon supporters. Um, if you're not already a Patreon supporter and you want to help not only grow the show a little bit more, um, most of the overhead of the show has already been looked after, though. Uh, most of the support that you offer through Patreon goes towards putting boots on the ground. Volunteers, interns, staff members on street corners and on doorsteps across the country. And so your support is so, so deeply appreciated. And so if you're already a supporter... Thank you so much. If you're not already, or if you have been in the past and you would um, be willing to prayerfully consider joining our Patreon support team again, that'd be absolutely incredible. Thank you a ton. Um, I am working on getting more content to you. Right now is crunch time for CSPR getting our conversations, man hours, and view goals done for the year. Um, as soon as I'm through this next little um, absolute crush, I mean, I'm recording this at like an absurdly early hour in the morning so that I can get out, do an outreach um, for most of the rest of the day here. Um, as soon as we're through that, we're going to get a ton of content going to our Patreon supporters as well. I appreciate all of you who are Patreon supporters who have clung on through um, the barren winter that has been Cam Cote being at the helm of um, managing um, everything. Peter did a fantastic job before I um, before it fell onto my plate. And so I thank you for hanging on. And for anyone new, I hope that I'm able to um, offer some degree of added value to you as joining onto our Patreon team. But that's a way too much rambling for me. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today and um, in the past. And I hope that you'll be along for the ride in the future as well. Thanks so much and God bless you abundantly.